0: Welcome to the At The Moment Podcast, where we talk about what's going on at this moment with the Black community here at OU. Hello, I'm one of your hosts, Nia Dumas. I'm Joy.
1: I'm Raymond. I'm a music production major.
0: And I'm Layla. Yes, so we have Ray with us. He is new to our host to one of our hosts he was not with us last week so we're
2: very excited to have him with us moving forward welcome to our
3: second episode of at the moment podcast today we are going to be discussing navigation in the workplace
1: professionalism often is based off white standards and negates the identity of black people
0: oftentimes it feels like society thinks professionalism is synonymous with perfectionism Okay, so we're just going to go ahead and get to it. So oftentimes when you're in the workplace and you're navigating your role there, especially when it comes to professionalism, as a black person, it's very hard because everything is like based on European standards um, and what their idea of. Professionalism is. Um, Especially when you're looking for jobs, internships, I feel like that brings the most anxiety, especially being here at OU because a lot of times when we have people in the workplace come and talk to us, they're not really people who look like us. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably only ever spoken to like one black reporter with someone that oh, OU brung here. Um, anyone else, I kinda had to go seek my own mentorship, my own guidance, um, and it's also very interesting to hear like their perspectives on like how to get into the workplace. You mm-hmm. have people who say, you know, like forget that, do what you wanna do, make your own yeah. lane. Then you also have people who is like, well, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting um, while navigating how you belong in
2: your career or internships mm-hmm. and things like that, um, I think I was fortunate enough to be a part of um, the Innovation Scholars group um, through Scripps. Um, and so, one of the things that we do um, with Innovation Scholars is that we interview an alumni from uh, from here at OU and. Um, Dean uh Titsworth. He's the person that um pairs you with your people. And uh one of the things I think that I was most grateful for being that I was a freshman in my first year was meeting someone that looked like me in the field. Because like even like in our J ten ten class, I think we had what two or three speakers Mm -hmm. and all of the speakers that we saw in that class, they were all white Mm -hmm. males, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, so like actually being fortunate enough to actually sit down and talk with, to somebody that who not only went to OU but also he had the same scholarship as me, he was a Templeton scholar, um, through Armsar as well. So, actually having that like one on one experience with uh, Matt Barnes, who um he works up in Columbus, that was very um something that I was very fortunate of because knowing that there's not a lot of con I wouldn't say not a lot of connections, but there's just not.
3: It's hard to find those yeah, connections.
2: Yeah, it's hard to, f- they're out there, but it's like we have to work 10 times harder to go and find those connections. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I do think that um, even being prepared is not necessarily enough. Mm-hmm. Like I can prepare for a job, I can prepare for a job interview, but like I still have to go in knowing and I have to work 10 times harder and someone that I may have the same exact resume as may get the job over me just because I'm black. So I completely agree with that.
1: I've definitely gone into uh, some interviews trying to like fix my hair like like oh my gosh like my hair f- looks this type of way like mm-hmm. trying to just be like oh they're going to look at my hair and say oh well you know you're not what we're looking for mm-hmm. but they're not based they're not judging me based off of what I'm going in for is just off right. of my looks. So.
0: I, I also um can agree with that and like again, like the whole like internalized things that we deal with. Um, even like when I got my hair cut, like when I first had it cut, I remember like getting professional headshots done. I was like, Oh, I need to buy a wig And all my friends was like, Why do you need to buy a wig? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Well, I'm in like the media field, like I don't want them to see me and be like, Oh like look at this black girl <laughs> or like yeah. she doesn't yeah. fit like and that's something that was like a real thing like I remember like buying a wig just for headshots and then never wearing the wig again mm-hmm. Um, and that's literally like the headshot that I use and I think appearance um, goes inside. even like with piercings like yeah. I have a friend who's in Um, she went to OU but she now works as like a behavior health specialist mm-hmm. and she took her nose rings out and I'm like why yeah. are you taking your nose rings out she's like because it's not professional I said did they tell you that and I think that's something we see with this generation is like more more so challenging that Mm -hmm. um, because what I look like does not affect my my Mm workability or what I can and cannot do Um, so just interesting to see how like we are combating that and also as I'm entering like The real workforce. Mm -hmm. So like I'm like at this point in my life. Well, actually today I actually decide my job contract today. Yay! Yay. (laughs) But during the interview process, it's very interesting to see like how when I was interviewing for internships like two years ago versus now, Mm -hmm. how everyone's is everyone's like on a like a diversity kick, and they just make it like so known that it kind of just feels like un. Genuine, kind of Yeah, to me I feel like it's kind of trendy At this
3: moment (laughs) He literally
0: was in Yeah, he was literally In the interview I'm just like, yeah He's like, yeah, Nia We want you to know We appreciate your perspective If you feel like You have a white editor And he's editing your stories Harsher than someone else We appreciate that criticism We want that criticism I'm like Okay (laughs) Like, I I like it But, like It's just like It's not It's not genuine It's not genuine Yeah But I guess, like I'll take it. Like, you know, you're giving me a nice salary. (laughs) So I'll take it. But it just always feels like, you know, kind of forced. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing that's, like, um, interesting to think about is even when it comes to names. Yeah. Like, I remember, um, like, when my brother was having his kid, my dad was telling my my brother, like, you need to make sure you give him a name that he can get a job with. Yeah. Um, My dad literally – so – my my dad literally made my brother's name up. Like it's an, it's called, his name is Priyanto, Never heard that name before. I don't even know what it means. <laughs> the spelling is very odd. but you know that's his name. And so my brother wanted to make it a they wanted to make it a big deal. So like when I his my nephew's name is Xavier. He's just like when you give him a name like make sure it's a name he can get a job with. Yeah. And it's just something like I never really thought about because mm-hmm. that doesn't affect. Like I all I, I wonder like as an employer like do you look at the resume and be like oh I can't pronounce that so. You know, I'm just gonna
3: yeah. rid of I don't know, I've heard that a lot, like, growing up from, like, people that I know and, like, my parents. Like, when my mom named me, she tried to give me a name that was hireable. Which, like, Sh- Layla, she made, like, a variation. Like, she spelled it her own way. But, she, like, her end goal was, like, I want you to get hired with your name. I want people to look at your name and be like, oh. And just, like, make an assumption that You know, you're whatever kind of person. I don't know. It's weird that people are getting judged on their names, but I have heard that a lot. So maybe it's common. I don't know. Have you guys
1: ever, like, um, you'll be on the phone with someone who might be white or, like, even black, and then you meet them in person, and you're like, oh, you sound so white. You sound different.
0: Yeah. I get that. I get that so much. How do you sound white? You can't sound a color. I was like, um, I'm sorry that I enunciate. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, really, it's it's. It's very funny, or it's not. Even, but it's not even funny. I'm not gonna say it's funny. It's just very interesting. And I think looking at it from our perspective, we think it's funny because it's like I feel like some things are so ignorant, you can't help but laugh at it. Yeah. Like it's like I have to laugh at it p- to prevent myself from getting like angry. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes what I see now, um, going back on the name thing, you see a lot of people who have names that are not the don't fit like the European Eurocentric standard, mm-hmm. and. Like, now when people, like, my my name is Nia. It's not really, I know my name is one of the days of Kwanzaa, but it's not really hard. It's N-I-A, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think it's funny, like, when I see people, like, say Nina, Maya, or anything else. I'm just like, it's three letters. It's not that hard. But one thing I love to see is how, like, now people, like, no, you're going to call my name my name. If you can pronounce... Um, all these European countries and all these other names. Yeah. You can pronounce. You can pronounce my name right. Because right. um, like my name is my identity, and if you continuously yeah. like
2: degrade that,
0: degrade that, yeah. you're mm-hmm. like disrespecting my identity.
1: Even the last names, them white last names, they be like Cronich or something. <laughs> they like. be
0: they be long,
2: but yeah,
0: like, yeah. like Italian names and yeah. things like that. If y'all can if pronounce that, yes. y'all can pronounce one
3: simple simple name name.
0: so I think that's very interesting
3: yeah back to the speech thing though I think that we as a black community need to unlearn oh you talk like a white person like let's distinguish the difference between being a professional and you know speaking proper and like associating it with oh, you're speaking white. Like, we are allowed to be educated and sound like we're educated. Because I feel like it's kind of degrading to ourselves that we're like, oh, you sound white because you're talking, like, proper. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I definitely and I think I've mastered the skill of code switching right now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you see me on Friday, you know, I'm not going to be talking how I talk, you know, (laughs) In my, <laughs> in my honors course on right, on Monday right. like you know I, it's yeah. different it's different like and it definitely has to do with like I think the people that I'm around you know like
3: mm-hmm.
2: I truly feel like when I am with like if me and Nia nee are just like at her apartment and you know we're like having dinner or something like that that's gonna be like my true truly myself I'm gonna talk right. you know how I talk right. but in certain situations and I I do think that code switching is definitely like a valuable asset to have Mm -hmm. but sometimes I think it's like it's like a lot sometimes like in certain when you're in like certain environments it's a lot to have to like put on this like facade simply because you know like I sometimes it's like you have like that thing in the back of your head where you're like you know like if I don't like if I talk like a certain way they're gonna like look at you like Mm-hmm. like, like, what is that, so you know? I think I'm at the
0: point where I'm over, I think I'm at the point where I'm definitely over code-sitching just because I've been doing it so long and I'm not even in the professional world. And one thing I think why I'm kind of over it is because when it comes to, like, AAVE, like, mm-hmm. African American Vernacular English, which, like, it's, it's like, such so trendy now, especially, like, with TikToks and people yes. taking those trends. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you guys can take what we do, like, for instance, how gonna album dropped and everyone's pushing p Push, pushing p yeah, mm-hmm. now you see nike pushing p everyone's pee, pushing p if y'all can if y'all can like profit off of our culture and mm-hmm. i can't just naturally be my culture when you're the same co- co- companies and p- corporations that's telling me it's unprofessional mm-hmm. but you're you're posting it you're on twitter like literally every trend that has been tiktok um that has been on tiktok or twitter you literally see these companies doing it especially during mm-hmm since COVID and the quarantine because we have no choice but like everyone's of course we've always been on social media but the social media intake has like went up so much Mm -hmm. I think like if um or if I'm in class and someone asks me like oh do you know what this mean girl do you know what it (laughs) (laughs) means? like I feel like that's why I'm kind of I do think co-switching is a valuable asset Mm -hmm. But I think, like you said, it's very exhausting it's awesome. to like actually have to like, oh hello, I'm Nia, how are you doing today?
2: Versus like <laughs> very much customer service voice.
0: Yes, but I also think it's the difference. Like, do you guys ever notice when you're in professional spaces and you're with a white counterpart or a non-black, con- a, a non-black. Counterpart that they use those like pop culture black terms to try to please to you, appeal to you. Meanwhile, yeah, I'm trying to code switch so I can get this job, so I can be in this room. Mm-hmm. It's just not really. It, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a internal battle, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I just. I'm very over it because if Nike can push P and make thousands of dollars, why can't I push P and make a basic salary? I just don't. I don't see the difference.
2: Yeah, yeah, That's not very P of them to do that. That's <laughs> not very P.
0: But I also think that um, going off back to, like, speech and conversation, um, I don't—do you guys remember? It was, like, a video— a few months ago that was circling around about a woman, she was a black woman, she worked at a job, and she she's not she's not a bad employee. She just goes to work, does her job, mm-hmm. doesn't, she's not really, she's not, not friendly, but she just keeps work and part personal life separate. Mm-hmm. And someone was trying to engage in like a personal conversation with her about like personal life. And she, you know, you just keep it short, you're not blatantly rude, but you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that's nice, you know, that's nice. And they reported her to HR saying that she was rude and she was like no matter what I do at this job i always have like a magnifying glass on me because I am you know a minority here I am a black mm-hmm. woman you know they say like we naturally have like we're naturally have like a resting bee face or like mm-hmm. um, you know like the whole mad black woman trope and all that so I kind of, it's kind of interesting to see like when everyone else has the benefit of like separating work life and personal life but when we do that it's like we're you know, it's like we're deemed as unfit. We are deem, deemed
3: as mad and aggressive. When it's just like I'm doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like for for the Caucasians, for some of them, they like to overshare, and that's you know a valid thing. Like you can love to share things about your personal life, but for me, I feel like I'm more of a reserved person, especially to people that I'm not, you know, friends with, and like I don't you know, like, hang with outside of, like, my job. Like, yes, we can talk, you know, in this professional space, but when I leave here, you know, like, my life outside of here is not connected. So I feel like she was valid. Like, I can not share my personal life with you. That doesn't mean that I'm being rude or I don't like you, but maybe I'm a reserved person who doesn't like to share. So.
1: And then people just be talking about anything (laughs) at some points, like... It just don't make sense. Like I don't really care for. (laughs) Like if I'm for real, like if I'm in a if I'm in a professional's area, regardless of the way I have to act, I I don't care. I really don't. Like Mm -hmm. there's other things going through my mind, like maybe about work, maybe like what I gotta do to when I get home. Like, am I gonna make music? Am I gonna go work out? What am I gonna eat? Like those things kind of.
2: And if you're doing your job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You go to work if my to work. End, if my task <laughs> is complete when I get off, then you should have no problem with anything that I'm right. doing. But
0: I think that also goes back to like what we said last week, how we were saying like if we miss a day of class, mm-hmm. like your professor is going to know you're the, you didn't miss, you miss class because you're that one black kid in class. Mm-hmm. You naturally stand out. And I think that's very similar with like workplace as well. But also to go back on appearance, you know, I did the Scripps in D.C. program over the summer and um, in one of my like classes that we have to take. Um, will you guys see me, Uh, I have tattoos. I have like a half sleeve. I have like one behind my ear. I have tattoos on my thigh, on my thigh. Like I have a few, I have about like 14 to 15 tattoos. But I also have tattoos that can be covered up very easily. Like all Mm. I have to do is put on the blazer, comb my hair down, and you'll never know. Like, right, right. now, you can't even tell I have tattoos. Right. And um, during the summer when I was wearing my short hair, and it was in it's D.C., it's literally 91 degrees, 99 degrees every day. I'm not wearing mm-hmm. a blazer. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I don't care. <laughs> and one of the, one of the girls were like, yeah, um, if we're going to this, to this building we're going to, they're like, shouldn't we cover up, like, our tattoos? You know, we mm-hmm. don't want to be deemed as unprofessional. Mm. And... I, I kind of, like, ignored it, but, like, she kept, I'm like, and I was kind of thinking, like, are you? do you have something to say? <laughs> like, do you have something to say? But I was also irritated because I'm like, um, I was like, I'm literally in the same program as you. And right. I've had these tattoos since I was, I started getting tattoos when I was 16 years old. And I'm just like, I'm at the same place with you, interning in the same city, mm-hmm. in the same field. But one thing that definitely made made me feel, like, more comfortable um, and just in my being because I had an instructor who, like, kind of went to bat for me. They're like, well, if they're judging you based on your tattoos, then, like, that may- maybe that's not an employer you want to work for. Maybe mm. that's a, a space you don't want to be in, which definitely meant a lot to me because, um, you know, being at OU, um, even though... We are a minority. I think it is important to see that we do have allies. Yeah. And it was very, I don't know, I don't, it just meant a lot to me that as her, as a woman, she she wasn't a black woman, but she was a a woman of color. Mm-hmm. And she just was like, "What's you know what I'm saying? Like, right. it doesn't matter. And I think um, things like that kind of go a long way, even though we might not have, like, direct visibility. I yeah. think um, having someone to advocate for you and knowing that your existence is valid means a lot.
3: It does. Mm-hmm. I really think so.
2: And, like, going back on, like, appearance and stuff, I know hair is, like, a huge deal. Especially, like, when you look at, like, media jobs, you know, like, if you're going to, like, be on air and things like that, you see, like, a lot of... Black women news anchors. You see that most of the time they either have like a wig on, they have like a sew-in or something like that, or their hair is straight
0: or relaxed. Or I think that's <laughs> the point. To I, I think I think um that's a, a a very important thing to see is that they might have a wig. Like I feel like as black women we have we are versatile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like very much. We um if I want to put in box braids, I can put in box braids. If right. I want to put on a wig, I put on a wig. If I want to do a braid out, I'm gonna do a braid out. But a lot of the women you see on TV have, have relaxed blacks hair, hair their yep. hair is straight. straight. It's not even about the switch up or even on a na- uh, news anchor on TV you don't see them do the real switch up like mm-hmm. let's be honest as black women we
2: switch our hair up so much. I'm about to go my hair to be a different style tomorrow. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's not going to even be straight no more. Like but, and I think that and I think
0: that's something that um drove me away from like news anchoring mm-hmm. because I would just felt like I didn't really have the image to be the a news look. anchor mm-hmm. and I think this was like oh, I'll be a news producer or I'll be a podcast producer or I or I do podcasting because you can hear my voice but you don't have to see me mm-hmm. but I think that went into like how heavily um as black women we are critiqued
3: yeah I agree with that also there's like um a news anchor that I really love. I love her content. And she like, in a video was expressing how she was like ashamed to wear her hair naturally because everyone else that she works with, you know, they, like all of the white women that she works with has straight hair. So she felt like she would be the odd one out just for literally wearing her hair the way that it naturally is. And that's really sad to me because it's like, I'm kind of just like ashamed of myself. Like I'm working and I'm a successful woman, but I can't even like truly be myself. Like and I know it's just hair, but as it's a black woman, hair. I feel it's like that's so hair. much of our identity, right? I feel like that's so much of our identity as black women and the fact that she's ashamed of it just makes me really sad. But even like, to go
0: deeper, it's not even the fact that she feels she has to um, wear her hair straight, but what is her studio doing to provide her sort of research to do her hair? Mm-hmm. So if they have a makeup team, are you hiring makeup artists who know how to blend black skin? Mm-hmm. I've gotten my makeup done by white women, especially in Athens, who I get my makeup done, I look casket sharp. <laughs> because <laughs> because they don't know. Like, if you be being honest, they don't know how to blend our faces, our tones, no, yeah. our undertones. They don't know how to do that. Or if you have someone who's doing hair, do they know how to style black hair? Are, yeah. you, are you hiring? hiring those type of people who can help your employees and I think mm-hmm. that goes to a lot of it if if I have to wake up and do my hair every day you know what I'm saying yeah. but these my co-workers can get on air and worry about doing their makeup at the studio get their makeup right. done here I yeah. think that also plays a lot too
2: but I think with hair I don't know about y'all but as a child like when I had like school pictures my mom always straightened straight my hair when I had, like, performances, my hair was always straightened and stuff like that. So I think it even goes back to, like, how we were raised. Like, even as, like, children. And I definitely think that, like, now natural hair has kind of made a comeback, if you would say. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, people are more embraceive of their curls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And even, like, in little girls and stuff like that. But I, I definitely know for sure that every school picture that my mom has of me, like when I was growing up, probably from like kindergarten up until like seventh grade cause that probably was when I started doing my own hair. I think every picture that I have, I have straight hair, or I have like pigtails in, with like barrettes. Uh, on the yes. Head. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. so I think like, even, like it's. I think it's even rooted in that, like not being comfortable going into certain spaces with our natural hair, be simply because like we we're told like, oh, when you have like you know something to do or like something important to do, you know, yeah. your hair needs to be straightened.
0: Yeah. And one thing that I think is interesting is although as, like, black people, we are not monolith, but it's very interesting to see how, like, we all have, like, universal experiences like, with the hairs <laughs> mm-hmm. and, like, the bubbles yeah. and, like, I seen a Twitter thread that was, like, no one white English teacher when you walk in class with a new hairstyle. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. hey, boo, I like your hair. <laughs> like, every time every time we change the hairstyles, like your um your boss has to comment on it yes. or, like, yes. your teacher and I was thinking, like, literally my English my English, my 11th grade English teacher was that like every time I used to come up with a new hairstyle, or like they'll just act so, so I don't want to say no Yeah, <laughs> <and so laughs> they'll they literally say, like, if I'm wearing regular hair and I come in, in, in with like box braids the next day, they're saying, Oh my god, your hair grew like that in two days. It's like, Come on, come on, like, you like, know, re- my hair not <laughs> grow in two days. Who are we kidding? Yeah. But Ray, I would like to hear your, uh, your man perspective on hair because you do have dreads, and yeah. you know, a lot of people in society deem them as unfit.
1: Yeah, so um okay, I I'll, t- I'll tell y'all when I got my my locks. Um so when I got my locks, I was very nervous um because my mom wasn't really all for that. Mm-hmm. Um she didn't she wasn't really like very she isn't that much still, but she wasn't very um educated on locks. Mm-hmm. Um so it was very Nerve-wracking to get them in, um, right. get my hair twisted. And um, she was like, well, make sure you wash your hair. You don't want them to be dirty. When in reality, um, your hair really isn't dirty. It's just buildup from product. Right. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people put product in the locks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why after a while, you'll see towards towards the roots – you'll see like little white specks. It's not dandruff, it's not lice, it's none of that. It's just buildup from products. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's why a lot of people do ACV A C V rinses, which A C V rinse is an apple cider vinegar rinse. And um you put baking soda in it and it gets all the buildup out of the out of your hair. Um but um yeah getting locks is very much uh it makes me nervous walking to some places because it's just like, oh, my God, I love your locks or I love your dreads. Can I can I touch them? Like, can mm-hmm. I do this, that and the third? And it's just like, no, you, you can't. <laughs> that's not um, that's not what they're here for. But um, I've learned to embrace my hair. I used to have very short hair in um, old pictures. I used to have at first I cut my hair and then um, I let it grow out for God knows how long, and um, I had like the little black boy flat top. <laughs> That's what I like to call it. Um, so my hair was real short, and I picked it out all the time. And I would always just get lineups. And then eventually, like I was scrolling on social media, and I saw people with locks, and I was like, "Dang, man! That, like that looks pretty cool. Like I really, I really like that style." And the more I started learning about locks, it was more so like. People aren't just getting that hairstyle to just have it. Like, there's a meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like my hair right now, like, there's a meaning behind it. So this is kind of like my journey of life. Um, I cut my hair, and then I let it grow out. My whole point of this was to start start anew, um, mm-hmm. kind of just, like, phase into a new young black man. Yay. So. Yeah. I love that So um, Everybody asked me How long do I want them I don't know I really don't um, But I I want them pretty long And I don't think I can get I don't think I will Ever get them cut Cause there's a way That you can Take them Mom, out Without
0: mm-hmm.
2: cutting I them that. Yeah It takes forever It absolutely. takes forever It took I, My friend He locked his hair And he called He's like Joy I don't want the locks No more. I don't want them anymore I was like Okay what do you want me to do Trey Take him out for me. No, I, was okay like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm thinking he now he got him interlocked. He got interlocked. Oh, okay. So, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, he only had him for like a month, but his You're hair. In. No, listen, his hair <laughs> locks so fast. I swear. <laughs> but when you no, there's a certain method that you can do that, like inst, uh, inst, is it instant locking. I think it is or something like that. And I, so. Y'all, it literally took me two days to take his hair
1: down. It's so hard. It's
2: so, it's so hard. hard, and my fingers, my thumbs were literally numb <laughs> yes. for like a week. Literally, after it was so bad.
0: It yeah,
1: takes.
3: Um, I can't
2: imagine.
0: Yeah, but I, I think, think that's another thing that, again, that um, I feel like it's not our job to like educate our employers on like how versatile um, we are, and when it comes to things such as hair, even tattoos, piercings. Um, They are very symbolic for us. Like, even, like, braids, they used to be, um, like, maps Mm -hmm. of the Underground Railroad and things like that, Um, even when it comes to dreads or, um, like, the whole big thing with, like, weave um, or wigs is – you know you guys are wearing like white women's hair, and it's like we're not mm. getting this hair from a white woman. Mm. This is a Malaysian bust <laughs> down thirty inch <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but not Brazilian. um but Come not even now. that. I think that also like there are were literally laws in place that prevented black women from wearing our natural hair because yeah. and and what some of the laws in from because they were scared that black um black men were finding, I mean, white men were finding the black women more attractive. So they would enforce certain laws. So, okay, you have to cut your hair off. You can't look at this to make them look more unattractive. So I think it's so many things that go into that, um, which, again, I think now it's good because you see more black professional settings, especially in media. Yeah. And it's very hard because media, media is such an expressive platform. Mm-hmm. Even though journalism has, like, a lot of rules to it, it's still so expressive like you can podcast you can music journalism or anything like that Mm -hmm. and it's very hard it's very hard to be your best creative self when the place you're working in every day is telling you like okay you can't express yourself but we need you to write this story and do it in your most creative way Mm -hmm. yeah
3: um one thing that I can say though I have seen like um a lot of black professionals especially in the media industry And it's um, it's really exciting to see that, like, you know, just like them being authentically themselves, like not necessarily conforming to the white standards and, you know, just showing what it is to be black and successful. And that's something that I really love that I've been seeing recently.
0: Yes. Well, thank you for listening to our episode about professionalism. Once again, I'm Nia. I'm Joy.
3: I'm Ray. And I'm Layla.
0: And thank you for listening. Tune again next week to see what's happening at this moment with the black community here at OU.